0: Welcome to Only Girl on the Job Site. I'm Renee Beery, a luxury interior designer and construction expert. Educated at the New York School of Interior Design and employed by AD Top 100 firms, I have created a niche expertise in managing large-scale construction projects from renovations to new builds over the past three decades. Today, I'm on a mission to instill confidence in designers through this podcast and my online course, The Interior Designer's Guide to Construction Management. Whether you are new to construction management or a seasoned designer like me, I am all about transparency and tactical advice for fellow designers. On this podcast, I share actionable steps, practical tips, real-life examples, and behind-the-scenes tricks that I use while managing construction projects. Not only will they keep them on schedule and on budget, but will give you the confidence to know that these projects will end successfully, protecting your profit as well as leading to a pipeline full of incredible referrals. If you've been searching for support and advice on construction management to grow your skills and confidence so you can avoid the mistakes that I've made in the past, then you're in the right place. Before we get started, I want to thank each of you for being a part of this community. Your listens, subscribes, and reviews are what allows me to make this show great week after week. I've got lots of plans for growing this podcast, and that's enabled by you. Make sure to follow the podcast so that you get notifications of new episodes so you don't miss a thing. If you enjoy this episode, spread the word. Leave a review and tell your interior design friends how much they can learn from this show. I talk a lot about how no two projects are alike, and I know that unnerves some of you, but I want you to think about it as a positive thing, giving you the ability to evaluate each project. In last week's episode 147, Leslie Myrick and I talked about how to evaluate each project when you're building out your fees. Today, I want to talk about how to evaluate each project by the value it will bring to you and your business. And I want you to stick around to the end because there's something you're going to want to hear about. Let's get started. Welcome back to the podcast. I'm glad you're here. Like I just mentioned, no two construction projects are alike, and that is a good thing. And I know that may be something you need to work on, but frankly, I think that's why I've been able to stay in this business managing construction projects for the last 30 years because each project poses its own set of issues and highs and lows, and it's a puzzle that needs to be put together, and it's a different set of circumstances each time. So I also mentioned in last week's episode, Leslie Myrick and I took a deep dive into how to price out projects because it is a constant and ongoing question I get from all designers. And I get it. You want to know what the right way to price a project is. And if you haven't listened already, I am going to spoil it a bit and tell you that there really is no one way to price every single project. You really do need to evaluate the project and go through a whole host of questions that you can hear more about in last week's episode. But it leads into today's episode and why it's super important to evaluate your projects on many different levels. Today, I want to talk about evaluating what the project will bring to you, your business, and your future pipeline of work. So what do I mean by that? You know, designers, the phone rings and someone says they want to hire you and you're like, yes, I got my next job. You're already planning. You hit the ground running. You're specifying things in your head and you're not taking a moment to really think about what this project, this specific project will do to your current load of work and your future work to meet your goals. So what do I mean by that? So you can see projects in a variety of different ways. And and one I really want to encourage you to do, not just excitement, because of course, that goes without saying, if a client wants to hire you, that is exciting. That means they recognize your expertise, your talent, and your skills, and they want you to usher them through their construction project. That is something to celebrate and congratulate yourself on. But I have mentioned this before i want you to flip the mindset and not say gee this client wants to work with me but do i want to work with this client so what do i mean by that what parameters do i want you to think about the first one is is size of the project so depending on where you are in your career you may be doing just small work kitchens or a bathroom or maybe a small addition is this new project along those lines Okay, then that is your comfort zone, right? That's right in your wheelhouse. It should be a no-brainer if it meets other criteria. Now, is this project slightly bigger or what's something I would call a stretch? Well, that may be exciting because we all want to grow in our businesses. And so let's say you've been doing bathrooms mostly and this is a kitchen. Okay, that would be a stretch, but a good reasonable stretch because you've got your set as far as managing and the scheduling and how to work as a team. So that might be a great reason to take on this project, but then maybe it is a really big leap. And let's say you've been doing kitchens and baths and someone wants to hire you to do a new build. Now, again, I'm not saying you turn it down, but you have to recognize that this is a leap. And what does that mean to you and your business? And it may be in the end that it is the perfect time to take this leap. But this is what happens when you take a strategic look at the jobs that are coming your way. So you've got that component, right? You're going to look at the size. The next, where is this project? Because location does matter. It can matter in different ways. So for instance, when my children were young, I have teenagers now, but when they were little, I didn't want projects that were 45 minutes to an hour's drive each way. It was just too complicated for me to be able to balance picking them up or dropping them off or if the babysitter canceled on me and all of that. So I put a heavy travel fee onto all of my contracts that were outside of a 20-minute radius from my office. Now, if it was an amazing project, would I have done it? Sure, of course. But it allowed me to put that parameter in place as something that would ward off clients that were maybe more tire kickers than they were actual clients. And in fact, I did take one project and the travel fee didn't phase them in the least. That was also another key component that they were willing to pay my travel fee for my services. Now. Maybe the job is local. That's fantastic. Then you're not going to have to factor in the additional time in travel. And keep in mind, if you are new to doing construction work and you've been just doing decorating work, it is a very different load in your schedule. You're going to have likely weekly meetings. You're going to have site visit drop-ins. You know, All of those have to be taken into consideration in your calendar when you say yes to a project that's an hour away. So a site visit, maybe that's a 30-minute stop in. Well, if it's an hour each way, now all of a sudden, do you have time in your schedule to block out two and a half hours twice a week, let's say, maybe three times a week if it's during demo and what have you? It really is important to evaluate these specific details of a project and reconcile that back with your calendar. Now, this one may seem obvious, but I always want you to evaluate the budget of a project. Now, what do I mean by that? If a client is open and honest and tells you that they have a very tight budget, the caveat is they don't always admit to that, but sometimes you can pick up on that. That needs to be evaluated. Maybe you say, hey, I can do it. They gave a healthy budget. I think I can get this job done in that amount of money, and and that's okay. But maybe their budget is so tight that you are worried that you will not meet that dollar limit, and that could cause a lot of issues for you and the client. But also keep in mind, when someone says they have a tight budget, you are constantly thinking about your time you're spending, and you may even be spending more time specifying the selections to try to get the cheapest price you can for the highest quality product you want to install. And so it is a balancing act between you spending more time if this is outside of your normal specifications, meaning you may need to find new vendors to find a lower price point, or you may be thinking you can't succeed and meet this budget, and therefore it isn't a good project for you. Now, maybe they tell you they have a flexible budget, and that is what you often hear, give or take, right? They'll give you a range of what they're flexible spending there is something that you can evaluate. Can I do this project in that estimate? Have I done this project in the past in that estimate? Can I use the same team of guys, the same vendors that I normally do, which will save you time, obviously, and it will likely be a more efficient project because you have relationships established. You know, This is an important part to running any smooth project. When I know I'm using my A-team and my typical vendor's, It's almost a no-brainer. If I know I'm going to be working with another team, which we'll get to in a second, that takes more consideration for me. And then, of course, and we've talked endlessly about clients and how you feel you can get along with them for the duration, not just in the beginning, but for the duration of a project. That may be weeks, that may be months, and that can definitely push into years if you're doing a new build. I'm always talking about best practices in vetting a client, listening for the answers that they're trying not to tell you, and also reading the body language, how they're interacting with each other if it's more than one client, a partner, a husband, a wife, what have you. And luckily, most of the time, they're not red flags, but I call them pink flags. So there's things that mm, might be a problem. That needs to really be evaluated before moving forward with any client, because there's nothing worse than a job with nightmarish clients to manage. It is something that we all go through. And I'm sure a few of you are chuckling right now, remembering who they are or suffering through them right now. And for that, I am sorry, but we all have had them. And if you can avoid them, even if you can avoid just one of them, that should be your goal. And then I hear people telling me they wanna take on a project for the portfolio work. I get that, we all want that. We want to show our work, we wanna showcase a wide breadth of work that we're capable of doing. But again, if you think that any of these other issues might come into play, there is a possibility that you won't get to the portfolio stage. You may need to bow out or the budget may dry up. Or the homeowner had become such a nightmare that they don't let you photograph. And I did have a designer tell me, well, it's in my contract that I can photograph work. And yes, it should be. So if it's not in your contract, please go add that now. But I've also had a friend who's a designer, had it in her contract, went to go and photograph, and the client refused. She reminded them that it was in her contract, and the client said, well, I've changed my mind. Now, we all know if you sign a contract, you really can't change your mind, but she spoke to her attorney and they said, well, we'd have to send a threatening letter or possibly go to court in order to get your photographs. My friend, the designer, she opted that it wasn't worth that and therefore she didn't get the photographs. Now, that is an extreme example, but it can happen. So, you really need to do all of this due diligence, really evaluate each project individually before moving forward and taking the project on. And then, lastly, I want you to evaluate the team that you would be working with. Now, it's possible you don't know the exact players in the first or second phone call. But you'll know if they have anyone in place, right? I've already hired the architect, John Smith, or I've already been in conversations with the builders. That level of detail is enough for you to make the evaluation. Or they may say, I have no one. Do you have a team you can recommend? So let's walk through those scenarios. If they say they have no one, yes, of course I have a team I can recommend. The thing is, that team already is referring me to clients. And so that is not going to add or subtract to my pipeline because it's already predictable. They will recommend me to projects that they're on that need an interior designer. Now, if they say I'm working with an architect, but I don't have a team. Okay. So now I know I'm comfortable with the team because I'm going to refer mine And assume, since they're asking for my recommendations, that they'll move forward with my team. But now I'm being introduced to a new architect. I go online. I look that architect up. Is that someone I'd want to work with in the future? Or is it some random one-off or a brother or an uncle or a distant cousin that they're getting to do the work on the cheap? There's a point of evaluation. If it's someone I want to work with or, better yet, it's someone I've heard of but I haven't worked with yet. That's more appealing for this project. So I can work side by side, show my skills, really prove my expertise, and then discuss partnering with them on future work that they have. That's an amazing value to me. Same with a construction company. If they have a construction company and they don't need an architect, then that's a possible industry partner that you can work with in the future. But then you're going to want to find out If there's anything about that construction company that you need to know. So, for example, I would call my painter. He's an independent, but he works with a lot of contractors in the area. And or I would call my flooring guy, who, again, is an independent contractor, but works with a lot of the construction companies in my area. I've done that a number of times. I usually get the green light. It also gives me an opportunity when I'm first meeting the construction company, we're getting to know each other to say, we have mutual trades that we use in common. And I can guarantee you, they go back to their office and they call the painter or they call the flooring guy and check me out. Great. Go for it. Because they're going to give a glowing review of me and say, yep, she's cool. She knows what she's doing. You're lucky to have her on the project. So there's so many different ways to evaluate a project. And I am not saying or suggesting that every one of these items has to be checked in the yes box in order to take a project. Because I've heard this from designers lately. They say, well, gee, I really want to take this job, but I think it's too big of a stretch for me. And I say, okay, this sounds like it's more of a leap. Why are you not interested in doing it? And then we discuss that. Maybe they're not confident enough yet in their skills. Maybe their current workload doesn't give them the bandwidth they would need to take on a project that's more of a leap. Okay. But then maybe the project is a stretch, but it's too far away. All right. Well, where is your breaking point? Now I take projects that are an hour away. I don't love them because it chews up more time in my calendar. I can do phone calls from the car, but I can't be doing site visits, obviously, if I'm an hour away from two different projects. So all of these components have to be sketched out and realize where your pain points are, where you can give in, and what feels comfortable, frankly, before you commit to a project. Now, the last thing I want to say is because this is a business and not a hobby, there will be times where you are slower than others. And so maybe you are looking at a slow six-month period and a call comes in and it's maybe the same size that you're used to, budget might be a little tighter, but not unreasonable and it's a team that you already know. Okay, so maybe there aren't a whole lot of check marks in columns that will move your company forward, but it will cover your expenses and you have a little bit more time to keep the numbers within the budget that the client has given you. So you see, no two projects are ever going to be alike. And honestly, no two projects will be a good fit for you at the same time. Like I just said, if you're having a slow period, you may take on a project that when you're busier, you would say no thank you to. I said, no, thank you to projects that were too far from my home base when my children were younger, but those same projects are coming now and I'm saying yes to. So it can be frustrating. I understand it because everybody wants like that one answer, that one way of doing things. But what I want you to focus on is that this is an opportunity to use best practices and choosing the projects that work for you right now. And I can guarantee you, if you go through this system of truly looking at the projects, you will be so happy with the work you have that also good things come. Because if you are unhappy or if you're begrudging a project because you shouldn't have taken it on, and I hear this a lot from a lot of designers, that reads through. I know it's not intentional, but you can feel that vibe, that energy is disgruntled. And no project is truly successful if you are doing the work, but begrudging the fact that you have this project. So I implore you to avoid those by doing the work on the front end. And again, changing the mindset from they want to work with me to do I want to work with them. And once you make that shift, this type of checklist becomes so automatic that you can do it in your head in a matter of minutes and know that this is a good project for you and one that you want to take on, whether it is today, next month, or next year. So I mentioned I was going to share something exciting at the end of this. And if you've been listening to the podcast for a while, it's something I have offered in the past and want to do again. Recently, I have had so many wonderful email exchanges with women who've been listening to the podcast. They tell me how wonderful it is, and it's just, it's truly humbling to hear how beneficial this podcast is for the designers listening. I've said this a million different times. I sit in my teenage son's bedroom. I am actually staring at a Lego project right now as I'm talking to you, and you just never know if anyone's ever listening. And so these glowing remarks are truly meaningful to me and i i hope those of you who emailed me know how important and how special it was for me to hear that it's it's a real validation on the time that i put into this and the fact that the content is useful and important to the designers listening all of that being said i can't ignore algorithms and the reality is the podcast does better more designers see and hear about the podcast when there are current reviews and ratings of the show. So I'm asking if this podcast has been helpful, I would truly appreciate it if you would rate and review the show. Take a screenshot of it, email it to me, and I will send you a link to set up a 20-minute free call with me. There's no topic off the table, and trust me, these calls have been mutually beneficial. I love hearing what designers are up to, I'm amazed at the dynamic projects that they're taking on. I learn so much about what others are doing in different areas and how they're succeeding and what tricks they're using. And I am happy to answer any question that you're struggling with. So I consider it mutually beneficial. And I try to make this offer periodically because I know how meaningful those calls have been to the designers who I've spoken with. So here's your chance. And it's pretty easy. Go on to whatever platform you're listening to this on, rate and review the show, take a screenshot and email it to me at renee at and we'll set a call up so we can get to know each other better. In the meantime, please take the time to evaluate the projects, not only with how you're going to price them, but also if they are a job that will move your business forward in any of the categories that we discussed today. So until next time, I can't thank you enough for your time today, and I look forward to our next time together. Thank you for listening, and I hope you heard something that you can apply to a project today. If you're ready to increase your construction projects in your business, check out the details on my signature course, The Interior Designer's Guide to Construction Management. It's a six-part digital course that will save you a three-year learning curve, get you profitable, bring in an income and lifestyle that makes sense for you by learning the top strategies, what works and what doesn't, building your confidence so you're no longer paddling to stay afloat or worse, learning how to manage construction on a client's project. Through the course, I'm handing over 30 years of top strategies and advice. Head to my website, davignadesign.com, for more details on the Interior Designer's Guide to Construction Management and become educated and empowered for your next construction project.